friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having a blessed day today, as always, and keeping everybody updated, just letting everybody know we have gotten caught up on all the shipments from the Cyber Monday and Black Friday sales throughout the middle of the week, and we got everything out as fast as we could. You know, there are a few products that we were just absolutely getting slammed on, you know, the magnesium brain food and a few other ones that are some of the best products we have. And uh, everything's caught up, good to go. You guys should all have tracking numbers in your emails, and we're going to have them to you in the next couple of days. We strive to provide you with the highest quality service and products we can at healthmasters.com. And we thank you and appreciate your support. Be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com, the product of the week. You voted and it won the HGH Stimulate Formula on sale for product of the week over 10% off. Massively helps out in optimizing blood flow, oxygen, also helps maintain healthy male function and increases libido. Incredible product. If you haven't tried it, I suggest you do so. It's one of the key products I always use uh, pre-workout and intra-workout while I'm training. Really, really increases blood flow and gives you that so-called pump while you're training in the gym so be sure to check it out why it's on sale right now at healthmasters.com and i want to start off first i saw this earlier i somebody sent me an email on it and then i got another article on it and they're talking about how the gop uh senators in congress now are talking about how they're going to block the ndaa funding unless a vote is held on the current COVID vaccine mandate for military personnel. They're showing here that Florida Senator Rick Scott and Rand Paul, along with 11 other senators, are going to block the NDAA unless they block the vaccine mandate. And I just have one thing to say about this. Where were these guys a year ago? And I mean that question sincerely. This isn't something that just suddenly popped up. This is something that's been one of the most horrific acts the U.S. military has ever done to its personnel, forcing them to take a mRNA gene therapy experimental shot against their will or lose everything they've worked for in their career as a U.S. service member. And the NDAA, in my opinion, shouldn't even be funded anyways. The National Defense Authorization Act has so much pork in that. Every time you read through it, it becomes fatter and fatter, including a lot of the money from what I've read they're trying to tag on now to keep funding Ukraine. I saw the NATO ministers, if you guys saw this the other day in Romania, they're trying to drum up more money for Ukraine. And we're witnessing probably one of the largest weapons and money laundering schemes we've ever witnessed here in the United States as far as when it coming to an international country. And for some odd reason, and nobody's been able to explain this to me, the United States is apparently just – Ukraine's like the United States' baby now. Like they had this baby, and Ukraine we have to pay child support and all this stuff to for no legitimate reason, but yet Ukraine isn't our baby. We didn't do anything with Ukraine. They're not a NATO ally. They weren't anything we had a treaty with. There's nothing with Ukraine that required us to spend, I think we're up to $63 billion now. And by the by the time they've said now the war will be at a one-year run, we're going to be probably pushing $100 billion, a tenth of a trillion dollars we've allegedly given Ukraine in weapons and aid. And now and you'll like this one. This is the next one. They are now – Ukraine is now demanding that NATO makes fresh – 
fresh pledges of support to Ukraine, including diesel fuel, generators, medical supplies, winter equipment, and drone jamming devices. Yes, I said that, diesel fuel. We are now being required to send Ukraine diesel fuel. Not sure how that plays out because, remember, guys, the United States is completely out of diesel fuel. And I'm saying that sarcastically if you guys have heard the show for last month. Remember, by Thanksgiving, there's going to be no diesel fuel anywhere. It was going to be completely empty, not a tank full. Every semi-truck, every train, every ship, every single truck was going to have no diesel fuel. I told Dad this yesterday. I said that entire thing was pure theater. And my personal opinion, and I told her about this when it was happening, I said the United States is running out of diesel fuel. Diesel is a byproduct of gasoline production. It's got different types of additives to it, but it's less refined than gas. I said, so how are we running out of diesel, but yet there's no shortage of gasoline whatsoever? And the answer was, and this is my personal opinion, I think – the globalist, the banker boys, the runs running the show, the alleged probably 300 that are running things behind the scenes, they wanted to make sure they hedged their bet and they had an outlet, a scapegoat, to blame the Republicans on if they were not able to steal the election deep enough in a lot of the blue states. And if there was a giant red wave in the Senate and in the Congress, I think they were going to come in. And they were going to massively short the diesel market. They were going to send the price up to seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a gallon. They were going to say there was a massive shortage when there wasn't. They were just going to short the market. And they were going to say, this is what happens. The Republicans got into power and everything collapsed and diesel fuels at ten dollars a gallon now were completely out. Even though there was no shortage, they just manipulated the market. That's my personal belief is what I think they were doing back then. But of course, they've got the election fraud so dialed in. They didn't have to do that. So suddenly now it's end of November, beginning of December, and we miraculously just suddenly figured out how to find more diesel fuel. So much diesel fuel now that we're sending it to Ukraine because, you know, I mean, they need us apparently to rebuild their country now, and they need generators and medical supplies and winter equipment. And we just apparently just adopted Ukraine now in perpetuity. Just what we're doing now with it. But I just thought it was interesting. And the hypocrisy knows no bounds with these banker boys and those in the media when they're telling us just a month ago that we're literally about to run out of diesel fuel as a country and lying to us. But yet suddenly now NATO's demanding that we start sending them diesel fuel to Ukraine because apparently we have so much diesel fuel we don't know what to do with it. We seem to start giving it to other countries. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about this theater show we watch sometimes dad <laughs> you know it, it's so funny i just this morning i was going through the news and i just shook my head and i said you know this is so sick there's so much perversion in it so much weirdo stuff in it uh, so much lot so many lies so many alt media people lying about stuff and i just i just shook my head and, and i thought you know this is ludicrous you know we, that we you're, you're you're breathing into the mic austin and all and all this stuff is basically stuff that we do and, and we end up basically looking at it in the morning, and that's why I keep saying to you guys, and that's why I say it every single day, this is the day the Lord hath made. I shall rejoice, and I shall be glad in it. And I'm going to say something else to you guys. Some of this stuff is just really yuck. You know, just don't read it. <laughs> just don't read it. You know, I've got to read it because of the show, because we tell you guys what the, you know, the summary of all the stuff is. But a lot of this stuff is just so far out there that, you know, it's, it's, it's just ludicrous. 
because it's all obfuscation. It's all about changing the narrative, changing the energy field of information around us to make us think that everything's going to be negative all the time. It's simply not true. We're not going to have a meteorite hit the planet and destroy it. We're not going to have an earthquake destroy the planet. We're not going to have tidal waves destroy the planet. We're not going to have volcanoes destroy the planet. It just We're not going to have a nuclear war. It's not going to happen. You know, it's just not going to happen. They're not going to do any of that because they're not going to destroy their own infrastructure. I'm going to say it again. When Genesis chapter 6 happened and the earth got flooded by God Almighty himself, by the great I am, he did that to break the system down and to start it over and reboot the planet. They didn't want that to happen, the people that were on this planet, the, ent- the entities that were here, the Nephilim, the sons of the fallen, as it says in Genesis chapter 6. They didn't want that to happen. God just did a big you know, override, hard boot, redid the planet. They're not going to do that to themselves, just, just a newsflash. You know, and when the end comes and the book of Revelation and the seals start popping and all the things happening, and we're going to see things happen here that we never thought would be happening. Okay, But right now, that ain't going to happen. Okay, It's not bad enough yet. Every thought of every man is not evil yet. Now, they're working on it. They're doing the best they possibly can to create that scenario. But as long as we keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, as long as we put on the full armor of God, as long as we do what Ephesians says and we stand and we stand and we stand and we don't give up our ground – there's not a whole lot they can do because, like Austin says, there's like 300 of them that run the United States. That's a very tiny minority. I mean they, if we in aggregate could actually pinpoint who these people are – we talked about it on yesterday's show – and find out what they believe and what they want to do and why they're trying to enslave the United States, we can actually put a stop to this nonsense pretty quick. But we'd have to do a big purge of Congress. That's a big, big purge at the highest levels of the CIA and the FBI, and they'd have to realize that they just can't be doing the bidding of their masters and serving Lucifer – and being in our government and doing the horribly corrupt things that they do. It's taken a long time to get the United States government this corrupt. It's been over 100 years since they passed the Federal Reserve Act, and they're still working on it. They're still working on it. They're still working on it. still working on it. But once we take a look at who they are and we understand – and I explained it in detail yesterday. I'm not going to do it again today. Then we understand who our battle is against as far as on this planet. But then we also have to realize that our battle is not against this flesh and blood. These guys are a bunch of liars. They're a bunch of liars and a bunch of weirdos. All they do is lie. You know, this battle, this war is won. It was won on Calvary by Jesus, by the great I am, by the blood of the Lamb. It's won. We have complete authority over this. The problem is the Christians won't take hold of it like the Bible says. It says the kingdom of God has been advancing since the beginning of time, and the righteous, the force will take it by hold. They hold on to it. And Christians have stopped doing that. They've allowed themselves to get sucked into the Masonically controlled churches. In many cases, on the name it, claim it, blame it, grab it, weirdos, they won't talk about repentance. They won't talk about sin. They won't talk about changing their lifestyles. They won't change it, talk about anything. And we've allowed that to come into the church and permeate it. And we have false teachings and false Jesus and false groups coming into the churches now and promoting doctrines of devils. That's what we're doing. Let's be honest with you. That's what we're doing. And well, I'm not going to do that on this show. I'm not going to do that. I got a really good letter yesterday from one of our listeners. They sent it to Steve at the office, and it said basically you know, he's left the pablum of the Baptist church. Now, I love Baptist churches. I do. I go to a Baptist church sometimes. But the reality is, is that it's more – let me put it this way. You know, The world is in chaos right, right now. We've got people being injected with COVID vaccines that are killing people with clots and all kinds of other problems with myocarditis and cardiovascular disease and strokes by the millions, hundreds of millions, perhaps billions in the long run. Okay, that's that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal. We've got groups of people now that are pushing all types of perversion in our governments and, to, and trying to force it upon we the people. That that's a big deal. We've got people that are trying to force us to no longer have a Second Amendment right in the United States to protect the United States against foreign invasion and protect ourselves against 
weirdos in the middle of the night trying to break into our houses. We've got all the people trying to do all of this stuff. We've got people that are angry about the you know the revoking of Roe v. Wade versus the Supreme Court and angry that they can't just have abortion everywhere they want, whenever they want, however they want to have it now and have it mandated by the federal government. And they're and they're angry about all of this stuff. We've got the same same sex marriage stuff they're pushing and pushing and pushing. But yet the Christian churches in the aggregate, ninety nine percent of them, probably ninety nine point ninety nine percent of them, don't address any of these any of these issues. And and then that and that's that means that we're basically giving people the milk. We're not telling them to get involved with what's going on politically or from an economic standpoint in the churches. We're not telling them to boycott things like Disney. We're not telling them to go out and say, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to support this mess. We're ignoring it. We're pretending like it doesn't happen. And like I say, I love the book of Romans. I do. I love the book of Hebrews. I really like the book of Hebrews. I love the book of John. I love the Gospels. I love the book of Acts. I love the whole New Testament. And I got that. And I believe we should continue to teach the word in season and out of season in the churches like we do in this show. I believe we should do that. But we also should address the other issues that I just talked about in the churches from the pulpit. And forget about that stupid Johnson Amendment. It's not it, – it, it, the separation of church and state was to prevent the state from interfering with the church. It wasn't the opposite. Not, they, they try to make it the church interfering with the state. It's not that. The church is supposed to interfere with the state. This church is supposed to get together with groups. Where are the pastors at the school board meetings? Why are they not coming in their full clerical gowns, wearing their crosses, and, you know, and saying, hey, look, here's the deal. We don't want critical race theory taught in our churches. We don't want more division in our churches. We don't want this government being controlled through communism and through the dictates of a few people saying that this is okay and this is not okay. We don't want that. We want it based on the word of God. Why are the churches not involved in school board meetings? Why are the pastors not involved in school board meetings? Why are they not going down there and absolutely standing their ground against this absolute filth that has encompassed the United States of America? But I've never seen that. I've never seen one pastor one time at a school board meeting on YouTube giving his opinion. I haven't seen it, and it aggravates me. It really does. And don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of friends of mine that are pastors, and I love them. They're good people, every one of them. But the reality is – I haven't seen any of them doing it either. Now, you see me and Austin doing it. I mean, you've seen us enter fussing and raising cane. We had our 180 seconds worth of fame for three minutes. <laughs> Ridiculous. They can get up there and they can go up there and give these awards to these kids and to these other school board members and these other teachers. They'll go on for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And the person comes up and speaks for as long as they want. They have a little, you know, mini, little mini sermon or whatever they're going to do, which has nothing to do with God or Christ, by the way. But they, they run their mouth for 10 or 15 minutes. And yet we come up and we want to talk about the real issue. Real stuff, real Frankfurt School, what they've done, who they've done, cultural Marxism. Okay, you have 180 seconds. Okay, go. Clock's going. Okay, tick, 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 tick. And you're going as fast as you can. You're like, wait a minute. You just took 15 minutes with this person who hasn't done anything but show up for perfect scores and attendance in class for the last year. And so you're giving them all of these accolades. And yet I get 180 seconds. I pay taxes every year to basically support this mess that's going on here. Okay? And then – we get, but then we posted it. We put it on YouTube. You know, Michael did that for us. Put it on YouTube. My 180 seconds of fame, I guess you could call it, at the school board meeting, and it's down to six minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's down to six minutes. And YouTube says, "Up, oh, Ted Brower again. We already censored him once. Take him down again." And, and, then, and then Michael basically appeals it to YouTube. And, you know, months later they get in a ruling and they put it back on. And he says the only reason they let it on because they still had the entire school board meeting in aggregate going. It was posted on YouTube and they didn't take the whole school board meeting. Now they just took Ted Brower down and Austin Brower down. And so I find all of this humorous at least. And I, I find it ironic. That's why I'm just shaking my head this morning going, thank you, Jesus, that I pray every day. And I prayed for you guys again this morning, by the way. 
and that he is the Alpha and he is the Omega, he is the beginning, he is the end, and we do all things through Christ. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you that my footsteps are ordered by the Lord. Thank you that I'm always at the right place at the right time every time because my footsteps are ordered by the Lord and my fractal timeline is determined by you. And I listen to you and I do what you want in the will of my life. That's how I want to live my life, to be in God's perfect will every single day. And if that means I get on the show and I'm politically incorrect, which <laughs> shows as politically incorrect as it gets, then I'm going to do that. Yeah, I, I said it to a friend of mine yesterday. I said, by the way, show's politically correct and exceedingly Christian. And she said, well, that's great. I want to hear it. I said, OK, good. But that's the thing we need to understand is that if we understand who we are in Christ Jesus and we realize that this battle was already run on Calvary thousands of years ago and we don't have to capitulate to these weirdos, we don't have to do any of this stuff, but we do have to stand against it and we've got to speak out against it. We've got to pray out loud in public. We've got to let everybody know that Christianity is still real and Jesus is still real and the blood of the Lamb continues to sanctify us for all eternity. And we understand that, then we get things done. We really can. And that's why we've got to be bold. Be bold in your faith. Stand firm in your faith. And always remember, <laughs> Jesus is there with you. He's standing at your side. You're infused and filled with the Holy Spirit. Always remember that. You have the power of the Most High God living within you. You have the same power that Jesus from the dead living in you right now. You just got to lay hold of it. You got to take hold of it. You got to stand firm with the word. Always remember that power is running through you. It's so powerful. He'll show you things he won't show other people. He'll tell you things he won't tell other people. He'll lead you where he won't lead other people. If you're willing to listen and do his will all the days of your life. And you'll live in this supernatural world that you're going to see unfolding around you. And you're going to see miracles happening around you and things happening around you that you never even imagined or considered because you're walking in covenant with the Most High God. Always remember that. That's who you are in Jesus, and that's the power that you have through the Holy Spirit. Well, I didn't know I was going to do a sermon this morning, but I enjoyed doing that. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. I kind of got under the anointing on that. Now, I'm going to cover this too. This is from the New American. A girl goes to college normal. This has to be deprogrammed. And this, again, is all part of cultural Marxism. This is all part of the Frankfurt School. This is all part of the satanic agenda in these major universities that have come in and have taken over. They don't want a nuclear family. They don't want a male and female. They want people to basically be monosex. They want them to be a hermaphrodite. They don't want to have a separation of responsibility for a man and a woman. They don't want that. They want to have a woman doing the job of a man and a man doing the job of a woman. They want to have everything the same and pretend like there is no male or female because they want everybody to be like their god, Einstein, that wretched snake in a tree that's an hermaphrodite. That's what they want. Let me read you this article. You'll, you'll, you'll be this is going to go. This is this is crazy. It's by um, Celine Duke. It says girls go to college to get more knowledge. Boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. Went the normalized anti-male grade school rhyme. Half of this spirit has permeated higher education too. College today can be aggressively bad, but the girls getting more knowledge part. Well, not so much. Just ask Annabelle Rockwell. She arrived at college bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as she put it, only to emerge as an unhappy, anti-male, social justice warrior bent on reforming her mother and fighting the patriarchy while all while wallowing in victimhood and battling a campus-acquired alcohol addiction. In fact, the brainwashing was so severe that her mom paid $300 a day to have her deprogrammed. The Daily Mail reported this story. Rockwell, 29 graduated from Mount Holke University, Western Massachusetts in 2015. Prior to attending the elite school to study history, which 
charges 60000 a year. Rockwell said she grew up in a traditional household and considered herself to be open-minded. However, the politics minor claimed that all women's school totally indoctrinated her into thinking she was an oppressed victim of the patriarchy. This professor tells me about the patriarchy. I barely knew what the word meant. I didn't know what she was talking about, she told the New York Post. I wasn't someone that was into feminism. I just knew that I felt I'd always been free to do whatever I wanted, and I never expressed experienced sexism. But I was told there was a patriarchy, and you don't even understand it's been working against you your whole life. You've been oppressed, and you didn't even know it. Now you have to fight the patriarchy. Fight the men. And I just went down this deep rabbit hole. I saw everything through the lens of oppression and a bias and victimhood. I came to the school as someone who saw everything and everyone equally. I left looking for injustice wherever I could, and I automatically assumed that all white men were sexist. Raised in convention and comfort, Rockwell is an heiress to a pharmaceutical fortune. She was initially taken back how unabashedly anti-male the professors and students were, and by the school's drinking culture, she also describes rituals geared toward eliminating gender roles, such as students getting a mo-ho-chop haircut. One undergraduate said it made her look like a 14-year-old Justin Bieber. It's basically the lesbian look. Wow. Emerging from this indoctrination mill, anxious and nervous and depressed, and with an alcohol problem, Rockwell says she turned on her mother, Melinda, even though the two had once been bosom companions, and she wrote a manifesto indicting her mom for allegedly being unloving and reducing her to a wind-up toy. Rockwell felt it was her role to teach her mother and all others deviating from her orthodoxy, the error of their ways. She says the professors actually encourage alienation from parents. Wow. Going so far as telling the students to not just spend holidays with their parents, but rather to come stay with us. Rockwell further said that most students embraced this orthodoxy and rejecting it meant ostracism. All right. I'm going to comment on this for a second before I get angry on this. You guys can read the rest of it from the New American. But but here's the thing we need to realize with any of this stuff is that when you send a child into this absolute lion's den of iniquity in these schools, these college universities, which I've done that. I've sent Harrison to Florida State University, and, and he's maintained his life and his Christ relationship because we put it in him so deeply as a child. Plus, he also got his undergraduate degree from a local college while he lived here at home, and we were able to maintain that in his church relationship. So everything is based upon what you do with a child. The Bible says train up your children to the way they should be, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And that's very, very, very true in every single case. That's why I say to you guys, it's important that you pray with your kids every single day. It's important that when you pick an educational system for the them to go into, that you go to the campus and you make sure. I'm going to say this to you very quickly. I recommend that all children stay at home for the first four years of college and go to a local college, a local university that has a four-year program and get a degree there. Number one, you'll save a boatload of money. That's number one. Number two, you'll know what they're being taught, and you can say and you can talk to them, which I've done. When they come home and some professor has been a weirdo, and they say, well, so-and-so said that today. And you say, no, that's a lie. That's not true. That's not going to happen. You're not going to be like that. I'm not going to allow that. That's a problem. That's important. I've done that with both now. You know, Savannah, oh, then with all of them. They're all, they all ended up going to school locally for their bachelor's degrees. And if you understand who and what you are as a parent and the role that you're supposed to play in their being raised, you'll understand that it is your responsibility from very young age to instill the fundamentals of Christ and the Bible in them. Now, I'm going to say one other thing. Be very careful of the Christian schools you send them to. 
a lot of people send their children to Christian universities and Christian colleges because they don't want to be involved in secular universities, which there's an underground culture at a lot of these Christian schools because a lot of these kids are actually they're pretty secular. The kids are, and they come up there with their alcohol and their drugs, and they start trying to push the alcohol and the drugs on the other kids. They also come in with their sexual preferences, including being lesbians and gays in some of these schools. So you're not going to get away from a lot of that stuff. Even in Christian schools, I recommend that you go to the school and you walk around campus to see if you see any alpha males. Now, I just said that, didn't I? I did. Yeah, I did say that because most of the Christian schools don't have alpha males. Just thought I'd mention that. They're a bunch of girly boys unless they're athletes and all they are is players and they want to just – well, I'm going to stop there. And, but, the, but the reality is make sure you know where your kids are going. That's why I recommend again. Let them go to a local college, get their AA degree, then get their bachelor's degree while they're still living at home so you can monitor what they're doing. Very, very critical. Austin, but what do you think and what's your next story? That's really well said. And the one thing you made a comment on that's really accurate is staying at home and saving money. I've seen so many times friends, people that I've known in college, out of college, past and present, that – are on that, oh, I got to go to this university because that's where my friends are going. I got to go to this school because that's where everybody's going. That's the cool school to go to. And they end up racking up enormous amount of debt. They still get the same bachelor's degree as they do from any other school, still accredited the same, except they've got an enormous elephant on their shoulders now that they have to burden for an enormous period of time. Just throwing that out there. So be very, very careful. We've talked about this topic repeatedly. But you're very accurate. The student debt problem is a big problem. It's much larger than anybody uh, admits it is. And the fact that they have still required or made it that you're not allowed to bankrupt, you cannot chapter seven student loans, is egregious to me, considering the fact that a lot of these loans are extremely predatory. They're designed to intentionally enslave the younger generation to be indebted for some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars for the rest of their life. I mean, I've talked to people before that have been in their 50s, still paying student loans, still paying in their 50s, graduating, they're 22, 23 years old, but indebted over 30, almost 40 years, still paying a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. It's money magic. It's usury. It's money sorcery, so to speak. It's designed to continually hit them with so much interest and so many fees and so many just continual repeated payments that – There's no significant hope of payment off unless you end up landing an enormous job or contract or you start your own business and are able to make a decent amount of money to get out from under that yoke. So just be cautious of that. I talked to a kid the other day. We're downtown, Axe Caliber, and uh, we're throwing axes. I took my sister and my brother down there. Really cool place. Love throwing axes down there. Great people. Super strong. Second Amendment. Patriot owners. Great people. And – I was talking to one of the guys because they have somebody that basically, you know, they spot all the lanes to make sure nobody's an idiot and starts, you know, throwing axes in the wrong direction. <laughs> and there was a kid down there. I'm not going to bring his name up because he's, I know him. He's a good kid. And he ended up going to a local college or a local um, Christian university locally. And we were talking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good school. You know, how'd everything go? He's like, oh, you know, I just graduated last semester. Really good. And I said, were you able to, uh, you know, knock it out pretty good as far as with grants and, you know, bright future scholarships? He's like, no, I did most of it on student loans. I was like, well, you did like all of it on it? He's like, yeah. And he's like, so I'm, I'm working on trying to pay it down now. And I said, well, how much did you graduate with? He said, I, I graduated with 165000 I said, excuse me? 
I said, for a bachelor's degree? He's like, yeah. I said, what did you do? He said, well, I just, I ended up getting, having good credit when I went. And basically my parents co-signed on the first one and I've signed on the rest of them. And I got my housing covered and my food covered and my tuition covered and extra money and spending money and book money. And I said, oh my gosh, bud. He goes, yeah. He's like, but I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to knock it out. You know, I'm, I'm working on paying it down. And I said, what was the rate on it? You know, what's your note rate? And he's like, oh, this comes in at 3.9. And I just, I just shook my head and I said, all right, man, wish you the best of luck on that. You know, keep grinding, keep trying to chop it down. And I thought to myself, how sad is it? And that the reality had not hit him yet. It, real, real reality had not hit him yet. What he had actually gotten involved in that. I mean, he's looking at literally almost a mortgage and, uh, has a bachelor's degree for it and he's you know working at axe caliber which is a great place but i mean with a bachelor's degree and so this is what you have to be very very cautious of so i just want to add that on there is that something to be really aware well aware of because it's becoming more and more prevalent and nobody's coming to help anybody with that they're not cutting out any student loans because here's why the bankers aren't going to eat the notes the bankers are some of the greediest, most perverse individuals I've ever dealt with in the world. They know how to manipulate money, and no, there's nothing enough for a lot of these big banker boys. It's not that they make a lot of money. It's not that they're incredibly wealthy. It's not that they have trillions of dollars in assets. They want more. They want more and more and more, and that is why you've seen what has happened every single few years. We've got this boom. We've got this bust. We have all this money manipulation, so be very cautious in getting involved with these guys, especially you see now with those PPP loans. I've talked to a lot of people now that have been having a whole bunch of problems with those loans because remember, they can go back and audit that stuff for years, and that's exactly what they're doing now, so just something to throw out there. Also, too, in other news, it's funny to me because – they're now using Twitter as this this excuse to say that the White House needs to come in and regulate public, you know, tech and basically needs to control and have free speech platforms and that Twitter can't come in and can't control and delete and block people from saying stuff. And it's funny to me because <laughs> we literally heard for the last five to six years when Twitter and Facebook and every other social media platform continually – blocked and censored conservatives and blatantly said, oh, this is fake news, misinformation about COVID, even though everything we said has been factual from the very beginning. Uh, they said, oh, you, we, can't, we can't get involved with big tech. They're private entities. We can't, we can't touch them with any of that. They've now flipped the script, and now the White House is saying they're not going to interfere with Apple helping China curb protests because Apple now has come in. They said they're going to allow basically allow China to do whatever they want. There's photos now that are some horrific videos I've seen from China. I don't know how much is real or how much is propaganda coming out of China, but the videos that I've seen, I mean, they're people being treated worse than dogs. I mean, bad, bad if you've seen any of them over there. It's, it saddens me that that's what's happened. However, as bad as it is, it needs to be a lesson to everyone. That is communism. The videos you see of people sitting there in cages that are four feet tall and they're not allowed to leave because they violated a COVID order. The videos you see of people being welded in their apartments and told they can't come out even though apartment buildings have caught on fire now and people have died. That is communism. That is what they want here. 
That is why we can never allow ourselves to be disarmed. They are never going to take the firearms from the populace by force. It will never happen in this country. It's physically impossible. It can't be done. However, they can sure as heck manipulate, distort, pervert the truth, and talk enough people into being so scared, they'll turn in their firearms. I, dad was talking to a friend of his the other day, and we were discussing, and he was discussing some stuff about, you know, me teaching Hunter how to be very, very well versed in firearm safety. If anybody has met my son, he's a very avid shooter. He's extremely accurate. He loves shooting and wants to get into hunting now. And every time we go anywhere where we can shoot, he always wants to shoot. And, you know, he has a little 22 rifle, and I've taught him enormous amount of safety he knows they're not toys he knows they're not games and he knows what they do i took him out years ago and i had a buddy of mine who had a big old 500 smith and wesson took a watermelon out and you know i put earmuffs on him and let him stand back behind me i said this is what a handgun does and i shot the watermelon and it exploded into about a thousand pieces and he still brings it up to this day he goes, Dad, you remember when you shot that watermelon? I said, oh, yeah. I remember when I shot that watermelon. He was, that was crazy. I said, yeah. I said, that's what it does to the human body if you do that. I said, you only do this in extreme emergency to a bad guy that's trying to hurt you or do harm to you. He said, oh, I know. And to this day, he's super, super strict with his gun control. One of the people that Dad knows was talking about how it's horrible to have such an innocent child handling a firearm. And there's no reason that any child should have any type of access to a firearm, even with an adult, because they just the horrible things that happen with firearms. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. It's always funny to me that people that are guarded by armed security guards are the same ones that want to tell everyone they don't need to be able to own a firearm. And there's no excuse to me, in my opinion, in the United States of America, that a young child does not know gun safety. It's kind of like having a child in Florida and not teaching them how to swim. When you literally can throw a rock in any direction and hit a lake or a tension pond or a river or anything in Florida. I mean, the, the whole state's a swamp. And yet I still run into people sometimes, well, little so-and-so doesn't know how to swim. I'm like, he's eight. Yeah, I know. We need to get him lessons. I'm like, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you my opinion. It's extremely negligent as a parent not to teach your child how to swim when you live in a state that's completely surrounded by water, kind of like firearms. If you know it's our duty to maintain the Second Amendment in the United States as civilian patriots, you know it is your requirement as a parent to train up your child correctly not recklessly, not negligently, very, very strictly and teach them what firearms do, how to operate them, and why it is absolutely crucial that you maintain muzzle discipline, trigger discipline, and situational awareness at all times if you're in the presence of a firearm, period. I cannot, I cannot say that any more succinctly or clearly. There are firearms in this world. There are firearms everywhere in this country. We have the most armed populace in the entire country, in the entire world. If those are all facts, doesn't it make sense that your young child, that you know at some point in time is going to be exposed to firearms, whether in person or within videos or movies, that you teach them how to operate and handle firearm safety before they get negligent access to them even as a young teenager or adult and have no idea. I can't tell you how many times I've been around people, and they're grown adults, and all of a sudden they pull out a firearm. 
Oh, let me show you my new gun. And they start pulling it out and waving around, fingers on the trigger. Don't even know if it's loaded. Oh, let's show it. I said, dude, if you point that gun at me one more time, I'm going to hit you in the face. Put the gun down and take your finger off of it, period. Every gun's loaded all the time, everywhere. Do not allow yourself to fall into the trap and the lie of the mainstream media to believe that it's bad to teach young children how to safely operate a firearm. You're being a bad parent and you're taking away their innocence because you're allowing a child to know how to target shoot safely and effectively and accurately. That is a complete and total lie derived from the communist agenda in order to train the young children under Marxism to believe that firearms are so bad and so dangerous they should never be touched ever in their entire lives. That is how you train little communists. That is how you disarm a country that is how you overthrow a republic you teach the younger children that they do not have a need or necessity to ever hold or handle a firearm because they are bad 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 all of the time that is how you disarm a country not by force by indoctrinating the young generation and if we aren't careful and we allow these young children to no longer be raised like little americans we will have this country disarmed in 20 to 30 years after I'm long gone because the children will have no idea what the Second Amendment was about. They'll have no idea what the need was for, and they'll have no idea which number two behind number one in the Bill of Rights. It wasn't there to protect them against deer. It was there to protect them against any invading force that pushed and violated their rights, period. Make sure you keep raising little Americans, my friends, whether or not it's in firearms, whether it's with Christ, whether it's in any type of biblical or moral or ethical beliefs. Keep raising little Americans on the values that built this country and made it so incredible. Do not lose that. What do you think, Dad? Wow. Awesome. That was good. I, OK, it's, this this is one of these shows. This is a green show today. It's, it's just good advice. Oh, by the way, I've got to correct off of one thing. He's 34 years old, and he said in 20 to 30 years he'll be long gone. Uh, no, that ain't going to happen. He'll be here a lot longer than that. But I, I think what he meant, the firearms will be gone, long gone within 20 to 30 years. Boston will not. I remember, uh, I'm going to just kind of just back down a second and just de- decompress this because the show's gotten really intense. Uh, I remember the movie The Patriot. If you guys remember with Mel Gibson, one of my favorite movies of all time. All of his children were taught firearm safety. And, you know, he always said to the children, aim small, miss small. And then they had to defend him and his brother who'd gotten killed by one of the Redcoats. And it was a really intense scene in the movie. I'm not going to go into detail on it. It's a good movie. Uh, be careful if you let the young children watch it. But it's a great movie. Preview it first. And then if you would like them to watch it, let them watch it so they can understand that war is not something that's good and nobody wants to go to war. But it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. That and Gladiator are two of my favorites, which, of course, that doesn't surprise any of you guys at all. But it's just something we need to understand that, you know, we've got to take care of our children and teach them the way they should go. It's interesting. I've got a, one friend. I sent her the video of the of Austin shooting with the child, and she'd never been trained in gun safety, and, and it really stressed her out. I'll, I'll read I'll read you what she says. To see that little precious, that precious little boy holding a rifle like that, I understand that's part of your family. But I don't know how – I don't know. I don't like he's too innocent to be holding a gun. I'm not sure if you're asking my opinion, but there it is. I hope that didn't offend you. He's just so little, and with all that gun violence out there, it gives me anxiety. Now, what's happened is this lady's been programmed by the media in a liberal mindset in which she basically is a great person, loves God, prays every day, but she's been told by her friends that guns are bad, 
and she's basically scared of guns because she's never had the ability to teach and be, be taught gun safety and how important it is. I'm going to say it again. And Austin's all about shooting the watermelon. I did the same thing with Austin. He copied, by, by, he copied what I did. I took a watermelon out when he's like five, six years old, eight years old, whatever he was. I don't remember. We were living at another place. We live now. It's our old house that we used to have on the other side of the town. And I took 45 hydro shocks. I took it out there, blew the watermelon into a thousand pieces. And I said, this is what guns do. They are not toys. And I'm, I was very, very careful. I started to, even, even when he was little, he had little, little, little toy guns, little spray, you know, water pistols and stuff. I'd always say, you'd never point it at anybody. Okay, guns are not toys. Even these are not toys. You don't do that. You can shoot in the pool. You can do what you want to do, but don't be shooting your brothers and sisters. Don't be shooting your little friends. Don't be doing any of that. We don't point guns at people, whether they're real guns or toy guns. They're all firearms. As far as I'm concerned, you have to be taught gun safety. That's interesting. Now, I, thought, now I wanted to share that with you. Then I've got another friend of mine who basically is a uh, – is a, is a patriot and she basically, you know, loves God and, you know, she's big second amendment girl. And I sent her the exact same video. And what's interesting about that is let me give you the response, her response with Hunter shooting the targets and being set up with a little 22 rifle. Her response is that is incredible. Quote three words. That is incredible. There's your mindset difference. Does that mean that the first person in the response can't be altered? Well, of course it can. But, you know, you got to go from point A to point B to point C to point D. And the other thing, too, that's what the Bible says. You know, bad company corrupts good character. When you hang out with the wrong people, they teach you the wrong things. You hang out with a drug addict. Everybody wants to go to the bars and smoke dope and go get drunk and go whatever they're doing. You're going to have a tendency to be dragged into that lifestyle. Just thought I'd mention that to you. I don't like that lifestyle at all. I actually like you know, the lifestyle of being with God and praying every single day. And I like sitting around a fire in the back porch and listening to praise and worship music. That's my lifestyle because I love God and I'm here to serve his commandments and do what it, do it pleases him. And I've learned something. When you do what pleases God and you try to serve him and obey his commandments, you're filled with such unimaginable joy through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You have the righteous peace and joy through the Holy Spirit coming in you, and you're going, wow, I really, really love the way I feel. I love the way this makes me feel. I love being with this person, or I love being with Jesus, or I love being with the Holy Spirit. I love being in the presence of God. And then when times you're on the back porch and you're listening to the praise and worship music, you get so filled with the Holy Spirit that you, you start praying and you start loving God and start realizing how wonderful this is. That's what being a Christian is. Not being caught up into a secular mindset. Because, you know, I, I told you guys, we owned a bar when I was a kid, a German beer tavern. And I, I was in that bar all the time. And I'm going to say this very, very clearly with everybody here. There were a lot of nice people that came in the bar. I really enjoyed talking to them. I enjoyed shooting pool with them. I enjoyed listening to the jukebox. I enjoyed all of that stuff. I'm not saying that you can't go to a place like that and not enjoy yourself. What I'm saying is the vast majority of those people either died of alcoholism or died of cancer, ended up having their marriages crashed, committed adultery, all of this stuff as I watched it happen. You know, Because when you drink alcohol, you massively increase your risk of pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, cirrhosis liver, osteoporosis, breast cancer. And I started realizing that maybe these lifestyles weren't conducive to a long life and longevity. Most of these people died and came down with diseases in their 40s and 50s. One of them made it to 70. That's about the oldest one I remember. But the sad part about it is, is that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle that's based upon pleasure of self and not serving God. So I'm not picking on all the people that have been in bars. I worked in a bar. I was the bouncer in the bar. I got that, all right? 
but when I became an adult and I became a Christian, I left those things behind me. I didn't want to mess with them anymore. I'd experienced them. I didn't want to be involved with them anymore. The same thing that comes with, with, with drinking alcohol. I very rarely ever drink alcohol. Every once in a while I have a beer, usually when I'm with one of my friends in Germany or whatever, like a beer, not more than a beer, or a Bailey's on an airplane. So if you ever see me having a Bailey's on an airplane, don't come unglued with me. I'll just say, look, it's a Bailey's. It's free. I drink it. I like the way it tastes. That's it. I had a pastor friend of mine years ago said to me, you know, that's how it starts. And I'm like, that's how what starts? He goes, that's how people get hooked on alcohol. I said, it's a Bailey's on a plane once or twice a year. No, that's not how it starts. It gets started by hanging out with people who drink all the time, who then get you to drink all the time. That's how drugs get started. That's how cocaine gets started. That's how pot gets started. All of this stuff starts the same way. You're hanging out with the wrong people. That's what the Bible again says. Bad character will corrupt you. Stay away from that. One more word of caution with children. Keep them away from bad kids. Keep them away from that. You don't need to be involved with that. You don't need to be involved with these other children at all, period, if they're bad. You don't. It's important that you understand that. And I'm not saying that kids won't end up turning out good. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying if a kid wants to go out and get drunk and go out and raise cane, and I can use another word, H-E double six, and make it, get involved with the law, get involved with drugs, get involved with this stuff, do the best you can to monitor that stuff and tell the kids how bad that is if you have that kind of lifestyle and where it's going to go. Really, 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 really important. Now, one other thing I want to cover, a couple more things here. The FDA is now planning to allow homosexuals and gay guys, bisexual men, to donate blood. This is one of those. This, and the reason for this is there's a lot of people now that aren't donating blood anymore. And there's a lot of shortages of the blood banks. This is a real problem. The current rules now are barring blood donations for men who have recently had sex with men due to HIV transmission risk. Gay and bisexual men in, in a monogamous relationship would be allowed now to donate blood without abstaining from sex, you know, via the guidelines being drafted by the Food and Drug Administration, people familiar with the plan say. This change would be a departure from U.S. policy that for many years barred men who have sex with men from donating blood. The FDA policy originated in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic. When tests for HIV and the virus that cause AIDS weren't considered sensitive enough to protect the blood supply, the FDA lifted the ban in 2015 but said the gay and bisexual men had to be abstaining from sex for one year before donating blood. Now, I don't even like talking about like stuff like this because of that lifestyle, but the reality is, is this is a horrible, horrible mistake. It really, really is. Anybody who's involved in lifestyles that are contrary to biblical principles as far as I'm concerned are actually increasing their risks of different types of diseases and blood diseases that can be transmitted from person to person. This is a problem. This is one of the ways that AIDS got loose in the population was through blood transfusions back in the 80s, and they can't be going back to this again. So you have to ask yourself a question, what the heck? Is this, again, part of the eugenics protocol? Is this what they're trying to do? I don't know. I really don't know, but the whole thing is basically another one of those weirdo things. Now, here's another article from Daily Mail, and I wasn't going to bring this one up. And I'm going I'm I'm to kind of say a little bit about it and not go into detail with it. It's saying that can birth control make you change your sexual preferences? And they're saying that a lot of times when basically when you start changing your sex hormones that are causing by birth control, that they can play a role in partner attraction and, and, and make preferences. Anecdotal evidence of birth control altering women's sexual preferences are plentiful, plentiful on sites. The research into how oral contraceptives can alter a woman's sexual preferences is mixed and ongoing. So I'm going to say this to you very, very clearly. Whenever you have a woman, well, <laughs> I guess we say a lady who's basically either married or, or not married or who's, who's on birth control pills, especially when they start giving the injections and, and that are long-lasting, it's going to alter 
the blood chemistry and it's going to alter hormone production. It's going to be a real problem for a lot of women because it's going to change what they view as an alpha male and who they're attracted to. It does that. And here's why. The birth control pill basically shuts down the ovulation cycle and basically makes the body think that it's pregnant. That's what it does. You know, just simple terms. Just that's, that's not exactly, exactly accurate, but that's what it does. And, and so what happens is the woman is no longer seeking an alpha male to basically be with and have children with. She's like she's already pregnant, so now she's seeking a protective mechanism in her mind and in her body, everything else, as far as nurturing the child. It changes the mental outlook of a lot of women who get on the pill. And so be careful with that. Same thing with men when you get vasectomies. Some studies now seem to indicate it's going to massively increase the risks of basically prostate cancer. So it's best to use protection if you don't want to have children. That's an absolute fact. It really is. I got that one. Figured it out. Okay, that's important. You do research on that yourself. I don't need to go with that in the show. But the point is this. Be careful when you start putting hormones in the people. And I'm going to say one other thing. I'm going to meddle now because I, I didn't want to do this. I'm going to do it anyhow. A lot of times women – when they get older and they get basically going through menopause, they'll be put on a hormone cocktail. And one of the hormones they give these women is testosterone. Now I'm just going to say this. I've seen some severe alteration of women's personalities after they've been administered testosterone. They become much more aggressive in a human being. The left brain is the male dominated hemisphere. The right brain is the female dominated hemisphere. The problem when you start pushing a female-dominated hemisphere with testosterone, the body and the brain simply can't handle it from a psychological standpoint. Ladies, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what I know as a biochemist and a researcher, all right? Don't fuss at me. But I've seen so many women who start on testosterone who had great marriages, and if they stay on the testosterone, they start having their marriages suffer. They start becoming more aggressive with their husbands. They start arguing more with their husbands. They start doing all kinds of issues because they don't want to be you know, part of the team anymore. They want to dominate. Now, you say, well, Ted, this is terrible. You're talking about this. I'm just telling you what I've seen personally, all right? And I've seen that happen over and over and over again in people that I know whose wives have gone on testosterone. So here's my suggestion to you. This is very, very important. If your doctor tells you, ladies, that you need to go on testosterone, okay, do not take the injections or the pellets. Do not do that because if you have an adverse reaction to the testosterone and they give you a pellet that's good for six months, you can't get off of it. Do it sublingually. Take a small amount. Get your blood tested. Make sure that you're okay with it. Tell your husband or ask your husband to basically monitor your mood in swings to make sure that you don't have elevated aggression, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with guys. A lot of drugs are out there now that are going to be basically they're going to reduce your testosterone because they say it reduces the risk of prostate cancer and everything else. You're going to have the exact opposite effect. You're going to stop wanting to be an alpha male. You're going to start turning into a beta male. You're going to stop liking the things you used to like. Hormones control everything. Glucagon controls the release of body fat. Insulin controls is another hormone controls the storage of body fat and blood sugar. All of these things have a lot of balance in the body. And whenever you start taking them outside of the body and injecting them into the body directly or even taking them sublingually, you're going to have unintended consequences and side effects. Be very careful. with. Now, people are asking me, well, would you ever go on hormone replacement therapy, Ted? And my answer is probably yes if I was 80 years old to keep my testosterone levels up. But last time I had my testosterone tested, and it's all natural, it was at 800 it was a couple of years ago. That's very high for my age. And the reason for that is I take my HGH stimulator. I take my 
you know, that, by the way, that massively increases libido too. I take my vitamin E, I take my zinc, I take my supplements, I take all this stuff on an ongoing basis, and it keeps you young. So here's the thing I tell folks. There's other things you can do from a natural standpoint that naturally elevate human growth hormone and testosterone. Why don't you try those first if your testosterone is low? We've got one of our listeners who's told me that you know, his testosterone has come way back up now because he's taking you know, the Tonkat Alley and a few other things. Try to do everything from a natural standpoint before you go to injections or sublinguals that are basically pharmaceutical grade that have to be done with prescriptions. Very, very, very important. Again, if I get to the point where my testosterone drops off and I'm 80 years old, I'll probably go on some type of hormone replacement therapy, but not until then, not until I absolutely need it, not as long as my body can continue to make it. By the way, I love you guys. I really appreciate you too. This has been one of those shows today. A lot of really good information and a lot of really good advice. Austin, go ahead and finish it up. Remember, guys, I love you, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. That's great information. You're absolutely right about that because I've dealt with this extensively as far as with the supplements we carry with increasing testosterone, and I get this question all the time from a lot of customers that I'll be in their 50s and 60s, and their doctor's pushing them to go on HRT or TRT, whatever you refer to, testosterone replacement therapy, and I've always told them the exact same thing. Try the natural supplementation first. We have the Testo Plus, we have Tribulus Fuel, and we have Tongat Alley. All three of them, they can be used in conjunction. They can be used one at a time. You can start off on a budget and go with the Tribulus Fuel. You can throw in the Testo Plus. Those two go together good. There's multiple options along with the ultimate multiple, giving yourself the proper nutrients, the vitamin E. And see what it does and get your blood test retested in 30 to 60 days and see where testosterone is. Now, one thing about it is I also have a formula called DIM Estrogen Control. This formula helps to maintain healthy estrogen levels in males and females. And men, if you start producing a large amount of testosterone, you will also have some that will be converted into estrogen. So it's a good idea because estrogen is antagonist testosterone. Estrogen will actually suppress testosterone. If you start getting on the supplements and you really start having great results, make sure if you get your blood work, you're also testing estrogen as well so you can keep that in a healthy range and maximize your full amount of testosterone that you can make and manufacture in your body. But I'm with dad. If you have the ability to still maintain healthy testosterone with nutrients and supplements, always go that option if you reach a point to where the supplements are not working there's an issue going on you're getting older then the testosterone placement therapy is the next option in that realm but as far as i'm concerned that's the last ditch option because pretty much once you go on that you're going to be on those injections the rest of your life now if it's maintaining your overall health and you can't keep natural testosterone levels up, then it's going to be the best option because, quite frankly, having very severely low testosterone levels in a male is very unhealthy for muscle mass, for bone density, for everything. So always do your research. Always try to go the natural route the best as possible. That's why we put together these nutrients, these supplements, these stacks, and do the best you can naturally. I've always told people that, and it can be with anything. It can be with blood pressure, be with high uh, – you know with cholesterol, all types of natural stuff. I had a really good friend of mine yesterday. I talked to him on the phone last night. He's a sheriff, and he was on blood pressure medication for the last couple of years. And I told him, I said, you've got to cut out the sodas, man. I said, the sodas and the sweet tea. I said, the sugar and the caffeine you're drinking all day long is what's, it's a vasoconstrictant. It's causing your blood pressure to be elevated. And he's like, I know, I know. I need to get off of it, and my blood pressure is, you know, it's, 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 I maintain it with the blood pressure meds. I said, dude, the blood pressure meds cause a lot of long-term issues, man. I said, they cause all types of problems down the road. I said, but it's your choice. I just talked to him last night on the phone. He said he's started drinking about a gallon of water a day. 
started no longer drinking soda whatsoever, no longer drinking sweet tea unless it's a rare occasion, and now he's completely off blood pressure medications 100% for the last two months now, does not need them, blood pressure is perfect. That is why it is so important to eat clean and train hard and make sure you maintain your overall health with supplements and nutrients. Remember, the drugs aren't going anywhere. <laughs> Big Pharma is not going anywhere. They make all kinds of drugs, never-ending drugs all the time as long as you want them. It makes sense to try the natural route first, and if no longer you can maintain anything naturally and you've exhausted every single option, then you look at the pharmaceutical. That's my opinion on that. So make sure if you are taking something, you talk to your doctor, though. I'm not giving you any type of medical advice on pharmaceutical usage. I'm just telling you experiences from customers and clients that I know that have had good results maintaining healthy levels. That is why it is so important to do your own research. Thank you, my friends, for continually praying for us, sending us emails, supporting Health Masters. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com, the HGH Stimulate on sale product of the week, over 10% off. And even if you're just getting your toothpaste or ultimate multiple from us, thank you for supporting the show and allowing us to keep it every single day, Monday through Friday, commercial free, which I'm still proud of because I cannot stand commercials. <laughs> and we will continue to keep it that way as long as we're on the radio, as far as my opinion. That's one thing I will not compromise on. So thank you for the continued support. Give us a call if you got any questions. 1-800-726-1834 at healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.